Donald Trump is arrested again. This time we get a pretty picture. So the t-shirts should be out by Monday on both sides, by the way. Let's talk. take a look at the debate that happened on Wednesday. Uh, one of the reasons why this podcast is being done on Friday and not Thursday. And I had to see it, so uh, you have to hear about it now. And someone should hang over the incompetence during the Hawaiian wildfire fire. Um, caused a lot of lives lost. This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I was actually going to have a shorter podcast today, and then I added the, I added the debate that happened on Wednesday, and then I added something else, and it it, it, it turned in as it's actually going to probably run long today, but I think it's an important one. Uh, first things first, we need to talk about this Lahaina fire in Hawaii. Listen, we knew there was incompetence in the response to this whole thing. I didn't realize the level of incompetence there was to this response. So according to the Daily Wire, and then the corruption that's happening also. A lot of corruption here, and I'm sorry, people need to hang for this. This was really bad. So according to the Daily Wire, survivors of the Maui fire that swept through the town of Lahaina said that the only paved road out was barricaded by authorities as flames overcame the town, according to a report from the Associated Press. Maui Police Chief John Pellier said during the news conference that residents were not prevented from fleeing Lahaina. But accounts, and by the way, that's only the first part of lying that the government is doing. But accounts from some of the survivors suggest that they were hindered from making a quick escape because of the decision to close the Hanoapalani Highway and a bypass at the south end of the town. Witnesses who survived the blaze said the traffic quickly backed up as residents attempted to flee to the south but the road was blocked as the crew worked on downed power lines. One family ignored the barricade and swerved past the cones placed in the road, making it safely to the other, uh, another town nearly an hour later. This is an incredible story, and why this is not leading, I have no idea. Basically what this is saying, and we're talking there could be between 1,000 and 1,200 deaths in this whole thing. And a lot of those deaths involved people in their cars waiting to get out of town. They didn't make it and they were cooked inside of their cars. A lot of them died of smoke inhalation. A lot of them died by being burned to death. There is film, and it's not a shock that this film is not being shown in the media. There is film of people jumping into the ocean and watching the fires burn while they're sitting in the ocean waiting to be rescued. And there's a reason. They got out of their cars and they ran to the, they ran to the, the, if you don't know anything about Lahaina, Lahaina is right up against the ocean. They jumped over a wall basically and landed in the ocean to avoid being burned to death. A lot of people didn't make it. And a lot of people were burned to death to the point where they can't even identify them. That they need DNA and they need, even at the heat was so high, even dental records and bone records are very difficult to deal with. They need DNA. That's why there are so many missing because they don't know. They have no idea who these people are that, that body of the bodies they've recovered. Absolute tragedy. 
And whoever told these policemen to actually block the roads to keep these people in Lahaina so that they could burn to death needs to be strung up by his balls. But it gets worse. Apparently, FEMA was in Oahu, which is another island. And they were in a five-star resort. And they were having meetings about, guess what? Wildfires in Maui. Not kidding. So they were all on vacation, FEMA, on in the state of Hawaii, talking about wildfires. Because contrary to what the media says, wildfires happen a lot in Hawaii. They're very common because guess what? The wind picks up. And we already talked about this. Everyone's blaming climate change. Well, no, they're blaming climate change, especially government officials, because the government effed up just about everywhere they could. So not only was FEMA there, not only were they discussing their plans with wildfires, they screwed up their plan. A wildfire happened, FEMA's right there, and they, they didn't they still screwed up. And of course, we go into the problem with the electrical, because the electric company, who's now facing nine lawsuits, is under fire. Why? Because 17 mile an hour winds, which were expected, don't forget, the winds were only five miles an hour faster than they usually are. Those uh, power poles should have been de-electrified. They should have been de-electrified. The electricity should have been turned off. This is one of the first questions people ask. You knew this, this, this wind was coming. Why did you keep the power on? There are several different areas that this fire could have started. Gets better. Could have started. And you guys didn't bother turning off the power? Now, mind you, before we blame the electrical company, it is the electrical company's fault, though. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say that. Um, there's also still the chance this was arson. <laughs> there's still people out there saying, you know, Hawaii does have an arson problem. I didn't know that. But apparently they do. Just last year, a huge uh, wild brush fire was started by arsonists. And those people are being investigated. Now, I say that this is probably crap, um, because, and it was probably started by the power lines, because guess what the electric company in Hawaii is doing in Maui? They're cleaning up the areas where the investigators want to investigate they're cleaning up the power lines. They're cleaning up the, the damage. And the investigators are saying, what are you doing? We need to investigate to see how this fire started. It's very difficult to investigate if you guys are cleaning up your down power lines. I mean, this whole thing just looks corrupt. There are articles, the FEMA director, who is appears to be incompetent. I'm not sure who the FEMA director is. Let me look it up here. Her name is Deanna Criswell. So she's the director. She's running FEMA. And by the way, in case you were worried, yes, she is the first woman to be director of FEMA. So it is a diversity hire. Yay. Um... She basically screwed up this response and she's saying we did the best we could, blah, 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 while she's in Hawaii trying to figure out how the best response to a fire. By the way, all this stuff, we still forgot that, you know, uh, 
not only did they block the traffic, not only did the electric company not de-electrify the, the power cable lines, not only was FEMA there to discuss the planning of a brush fire that their plan didn't work, um, let's not forget that because of equity, the water pipes weren't built, so the fire department couldn't put out the fire because there was no water. How an island in the middle of the ocean doesn't have enough water, I, I don't know. To put out a fire, I have no idea. I mean, they got quite a bit of water. Where the fire happened, just to give you a hint, I already told you this. The ocean is right next to where the fire happened. Lahaina is right next to the ocean. There is Lahaina, a wall, ocean. It is not, you have tons of water. I've been to Lahaina several times, okay? It is right there. There is no re- They could have put a sump pump in the water and started fighting the fire. But they had no plans and they ran out of water. By the way, the guy who was in charge of the water is gone. He, he resigned. He's got health problems. Well, the only health problem he has is, is in his head. People should fry for this. And of course, no one is. And, and the media is not talking about it. I mean, this has already been partially forgotten. I mean, the media is still saying, oh, only 114 people died. No, it's going to be closer to 1,000. And chances are it's going to be over 1,000. But they don't want to talk about this anymore. You know why? Well, the federal government's run by Democrats, the state government is run by Democrats, and the local governments are run by Democrats. You can't talk shit about Democrats. Absolutely an incredible story. Donald Trump uh, got arrested again. He went to (laughs) Georgia, Fulton County Jail, to be processed over his 13 RICO charges. Uh, The other guys, the other, I think, 18 different defendants, they all showed up. They all got their mugshots. Yes, they had to take mugshots because just in case you forgot what Donald Trump looked like, they had to have a mugshot of him. I mean, can you imagine? He had bail. Because they think Donald Trump is going to skip the country? They had to take a mugshot so that he could easily be identified? My God. The picture, of course, is not flattering, done on purpose, but it is exactly what Donald Trump wanted. A determined, angry face. This is the image that he wanted to portray, and he he did it, you know, there were discuss- the reason he didn't turn himself in last week, you know, is because he needed to plan how he was going to look during this picture. And he looked he looked angry, he looked determined. He looked like he was out ready to go fight. And it, it's a great picture. The one thing I did notice is that Donald Trump really doesn't look good in pictures. He's really a bad-looking guy. It's amazing. age has not done him well. But anyway, it, it's going to work out for him. Expect to see, expect to see, uh, expect to see a lot of these T-shirts out next week. I, I guarantee you, both Republicans and Democrats are going to have pictures of Trump. Now, Trump was in jail, and he respond. He actually walked out, and of course, he talked to the talked to the media, and I think this was a pretty good. Pretty strong statement. Thank you very much for being here. I really believe this is a very sad day for 
America, this should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election, and I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you're going to have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. And we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest, that we think it's very dishonest. So thank you all very much, and I'll see you uh, very soon. Thank you very much. Donald Trump just laid out his defense. Is a very strong statement. It was a good statement. It was, he didn't appear angry. He appeared exasperated. He appeared tired of it. And this is this is good Trump. This is what you want to see out of Trump. Hey, here it is. Here we go again. It's so tiring. We All we're doing is saying what we think, and we're allowed to do And that's going to be his defense, by the way. He's allowed to do all that. Everything he said is absolutely correct. It's election interference. It is... This is all political, and none of these charges, and I, I reread them again, none of these charges have anything to do with with, with what they said they were doing. It was just they didn't like what he said. They didn't like what he did. It's crap. This is going nowhere. None of these are going anywhere. All they're doing is just busy work to keep him out of the campaign. That's it. And by the way, Joe Biden, who I still, I, I kid you, I remember this podcast, Podcast 772, Joe Biden is not running. By, I'd say January, he's probably going to drop out. He is not going to be running for president. Here's the problem. He may actually wait longer because they don't have anybody. Who are they going to put? Gavin Newsom? When people see what Gavin Newsom's California looks like, yeah, they're not going to want him in there. Kamala? You've got to be kidding me. Pete Buttigieg? They're hiding Pete Buttigieg. He's worthless. Or they could be prepping him to run for president. because they, And just basically keep him out of the way. Because whenever he talks or whenever someone looks into him, he's a disaster. So you just wait. Uh, I don't know. It'll, probably, it'll be later than sooner. But Joe Biden's not running. I, I have no doubt he's not going to be running for president. So, Donald Trump also released a statement. By the way, at the same time, he released his mugshots on not only Truth Social, he's back on Twitter. Yay, X, or whatever it's called. Yay! So, Donald Trump, who has a huge following on Twitter, must realize that he's going to have to, his campaign is going, I mean, they've scheduled a trial date the day before uh, Super Tuesday. So this guy is going to be in court while everyone is voting on Super Tuesday. Just, this is so obviously election interference. It's not even funny. This election, if he loses this election, and by the way, he's very capable of losing it with a campaign. Donald Trump is not a great candidate. 
He does. He's not a great campaigner. If he loses this election, this election will can we can officially say this election was stolen because he can't campaign. They've kept him. They have forced him into a jail cell. Except it's not a physical jail cell. It's the inability to campaign. So he released a statement. This was a great statement, and basically it's a campaign pledge. It's it's a um, fundraiser. He said, quote, the American people know what's going on. What has taken place is a travesty of justice and election interference. If you are doing poorly due to the sinister people in control of our country right now, that's a great quote, by the way. Don't even think about donating. But if you can, please make a contribution to evict crooked Joe Biden from the White House and save America during the dark chapter in our nation's history. I mean, this is saying basically, hey, donate because, hey, things are bad and they're going to get worse if we don't win this. And he's absolutely correct. Meanwhile, juxtaposing this, Joe Biden also released a uh, fundraising post basically saying, we did it. We put him in jail. Give me money. I mean, my gosh, he's celebrating the fact that a former president is being accused of crimes that to be honest with you, look politically motivated, and half of them are coming from his own DOJ. So it looks like Joe Biden is convicted, which he is. Okay, the DOJ, this 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 Smith guy, is actually under Biden. He's working for Biden. Biden's Justice Department. Another example of the weaponizing of the Justice Department. And by the way, I do think this is going to backfire for the Bidens. I think all this legal trouble, this is going to backfire because people are not going to like this. I would think even I would think even hardcore independents who really hate Trump are going to look at this and say, "Yeah, we can't have this." All right, so we'll have to see how it's going to work out. Speaking of politics, here's the debate. Uh, I had to watch the miserable debate. You're going to have to hear about it because I got a vent. Um, it was absolutely terrible. It was a terrible deba- debate. It was a horrible event. I learned absolutely nothing out of the whole damn thing. Except I just became annoyed with it. About 45 minutes into it, I started started playing a video game on my phone because it was just like, this is stupid. And scrolling through Twitter. But hey, I, I guess that's what we're that's where our debates are going. So for, let's let's cover this in a couple of ways. First off, let's talk about Fox News because they hosted the debate. I've got some definite things to say about that. And then let's talk about some of the important candidates. Okay, so Fox News. So Fox News is touting this debate as a huge victory. It was a fantastic performance. It was a fantastic production. It was great. I could not even... They're still talking about it today. I I, I couldn't watch Gutfeld, which is basically a late night show, and they were talking about how fantastic the debate was. Yeah, bullshit. It was terrible. Brett Bear and Martha McCallum really stunk it up, and I like those two. Okay, I, I thought they were just out of control. I, I thought they lost control a few times. I don't know where they came up with their topics. 
And basically the whole the whole debate format was just slogans. It was bumper stickers. That's all it was. It was crap. You didn't learn a damn thing about any of the candidates. If you didn't know anything about um, Nikki Haley or Tim Scott, you didn't learn a damn thing about them after. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. So the first problem I have, so here are a bunch of the problems I have. First off, too many candidates. You should not have eight candidates on stage. They should have had two, three, maybe four, but eight, too many. Because I'm hearing from Tim Scott, I'm hearing from Asa Hutchinson, I'm hearing from... Bargum, Doug Bargum, or whatever the hell his name is. Who the hell are they, and who gives a shit? No one. They're not winning. They're not, I don't even want to hear from Mike Pence. He's not being voted for. He has no chance in this election. The three people who should have been up there at most are DeSantis, Ramaswamy, and and Haley. And then we could even say maybe Haley. The only reason I would have wanted Ramaswamy up there is he's basically Trump. But they had eight people up there. They all got 30 seconds to respond to anything. And what are you going to learn in 30 seconds? In the old days, like 10 years ago, in the old days, what they used to do is the moderator would go up there and say, okay, here's your topic, go. And then let the, let the, the debaters go at it. And then every once in a while, the moderator would step in to calm somebody down. But that's about it. Now we've got so many, you need to control who's going to talk or else it ends up being chaos. And by the way, that was the problem in the debate. Chaos. McCallum and, and Bear did not control this debate. These guys were all screaming at each other. And that thanks to Ramaswamy for the most part, which is, we'll get to him in a second. As far as I'm concerned, a lot of people say he won debate. Well, actually, that's not true. But a lot of people are saying he won the debate. He did not win the debate. He looked like an ass. And I like Vivek, Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. I like him. I've read his book. I like the guy. He's very intelligent. Very conservative. He did not win that debate. We'll get to that. Okay, so basically, the moderators wouldn't or couldn't control the candidates. When the candidates didn't like when some, what someone else said, they started screaming at each other. And it, it was probably 20% of this debate was just people talking over each other. And you couldn't understand a damn thing anybody was saying. And McCallum and Bear just looked at each other like, okay, what, what's, uh, uh, calm down, stomp. They just lost control of the debate. And then there were way too many poll questions. Now, what a poll question is, it's, Raise your hand if. I hate those questions. Raise your hand if you're against cancer. And then everyone raises their... Oh, come on. That's that's a bullshit question. Don't ask it. Get somebody's opinion on things. And that's another problem. You couldn't get everyone's opinion on every subject. So if you talked about abortion, maybe three, maybe four people got to make their comments at a about abortion and then four people were left out in the cold so we have no idea what they thought about abortion if you have two to three candidates 
it's easy to to figure out who you you it you can have enough time to actually come out and let these people answer. Um, the other problem I had with this that I I really blame Fox News for is the actual time spent on the subjects. Uh, they talked about climate change. It's kind of what. Now understand something. Fox News is not not right wing. They're not conservative. Yes, they've got conservative commentators like Hannity, and but Hannity's a company guy. I don't trust Hannity's conservatism. Hannity had on um, Bruce Jenner, Kai, whatever her name, his name is, and and treats him like a woman. He's so he's he's conservative in front of the cameras. And he's conservative in his books and things like this, but he's a company man, so he'll do what the company says. He's not a conservative like Tucker Carlson's a conservative, where he doesn't like Caitlyn Jenner. He's going to tell Caitlyn Jenner, "Hey, you're a man. Why are you?" That's why Tucker Carlson got fired. That's the same with. Um, that's the same with. Uh, uh, what's her name? The other gal. They're company man conservatives. They're putting on a show. And then you got other guys like Greg Gutfeld. Greg Gutfeld is conservative on some topics. He's not conservative on others. So I, 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 there's a lot of left-leaning things on Fox News. The fact that they asked about climate change and the fact that they didn't ask about critical race theory, they didn't ask about gender ideology... They didn't ask about the banning of utilities like gas-powered stoves. And apparently now we're going to ban ceiling fans too. Because if you're if you're not burning to death in 90 degree heat without air conditioning, cold water, and ceiling fans, um, you're not doing your part for climate change. I mean, they barely talked about the economy, which is, I would think you would spend... The debate was about two hours. They would spend an hour and 45 minutes on that. Fox News just did not do a good job there. And then the biggest problem, I think, with the debate, we needed Trump there. And we didn't need Trump there for what a lot of people wanted Trump there for, entertainment. We needed Trump there because he had some things to answer. For example, why did he trust Tony Fauci as much as he did. He did raise the debt by $7 trillion in that last year. Lockdown started under Trump. Now this is something ne- oh, always Trumpers, his base, never can't get out of their own bubble there. They entered their echo chambers, they scream how great Trump is and all the injustice and stuff, but they never ask, okay, what about this? My dad is a prime example. Love my dad. Don't get me wrong. But my dad does this. It's kind of, dad, um, yeah, but the last year of his presidency sucked ass. His first three years were pretty good. Even though he didn't do everything he said he was going to do, they were still pretty good. And and he just doesn't want to hear it. The last year didn't exist. So Trump needed to be there to answer some questions. It was It was a worthless poll. It was a worthless debate. Uh, so now let's get to the candidates. So Ron DeSantis, as far as I'm concerned, he won the debate, and I'm not. I, and 
I really didn't do this yesterday because I wanted more information about the debates. And I thought, well, DeSantis won it because DeSantis is the guy I really want to be president. So I didn't bring it up yesterday. Well, apparently, according to 538 in the Washington Post, he did actually win the debate. He was assertive, but not overly aggressive. He pointed to what he's done in Florida, and he wants to do that federally. That is his main selling point, by the way. What he's done in Florida with the education system, what he's done in Florida with CRT and gender ideology, with the butchering of kids and things like that, all of that stuff, what he's done with getting rid of regulations, what he's done with crime. I mean, Miami, a blue city, is now a red city because of him. This is his selling point, and this is a great selling point. That was another thing that bothered me about Fox. They really didn't bring Biden up enough. Biden should have been every seventh word in that debate. It wasn't. Um, He didn't fight anybody. Nobody really attacked him. And I think that was good on them. I think they would have problems attacking him. Because all he'd say is, yeah, well, look what I did. So he pretty much, he was he was not, a, again, he was assertive. He did stand out. One of those poll questions they asked, DeSantis sat there and said, what are we, in seventh grade? Let's just answer the question. Here's what I got to say. So that's the kind of assertiveness I like. So I think he won it. Um, 538 in the Washington Post thing, he won it. Let's get to the second guy, which is Vivek Ramaswamy. And the only reason I bring him in here is because I don't think he has a chance at being president. I think he knows it. I don't think he wants to be president. But I bring him because he is actually second, third in the polls to Trump and DeSantis. Uh, he was obnoxious. And I already said, I, I, I love Ramaswamy. I do. I, I, I love him to death. But he was obnoxious. And I just don't understand why he would do things. He was the way he was. He was. He made defamatory statements. He cut people off. He did something really bizarre. He used Barack Obama imagery. He actually said things that Barack Obama said in 2012 and 2008. And it's kind of like, why would you do that? Everyone in that room hated hates Barack Obama, blames Barack Obama for the way the country is. He does have a lot of energy, I'll give him that, but he also shows he has a lot of inexperience. He doesn't seem to know anything about uh, foreign policy. Um, he believe, He's a complete isolationist. I'm somewhat of an isolationist, but somewhat. For example, funds that were donating to Ukraine... Yeah, I think we should donate some, we should give Ukraine something. But I also think the rest of Europe should give Ukraine something. And I also think that um, we should have an off-ramp to end this war. I don't think this war should go on for 20 years. I agree with him there. To sit there and say, we're not going to give anything to Ukraine? Really? Anything? Let's not get crazy. Let's just stop giving them $500 billion, $500 million every week. That's what we're doing right now with no off-ramp in this war. We are weakening Russia. So there is some advantage to helping Ukraine out here. 
And another, and, and then him, his saying we shouldn't even fund Israel, which is really weird, which is a bad take. That's a leftist take. No, we should be helping Israel. They are our greatest allies. They're the only stability in the Middle East. They're the only ones keeping Iran somewhat in check. And you don't want to fund them? So, of course, in, that's what he said in the past. In the debate, he said, no, he completely supports Israel. That's his other problem. He flip-flops. He does. He flip-flops. He's done it several times. He's done it with foreign policy a couple of times. So, I, I, I yeah, no, I don't think he won the debate. As a matter of fact, for me, he his, his stock dropped a lot. Because he was just annoying. I mean, and then to sit there and throw defamatory statements, soup... He's the only one not getting paid by a super PAC? Every one of the guys up there said, no one, no super PAC is is paying for us. The super PACs do what the super PACs do. They have nothing to do with the candidate. It even says it in their commercials. So everyone's looking, I'm like, what, what the F are you talking about? I mean, I don't mind if you're going to talk crap about somebody, and it's true. And... Uh, some things he said were true, like when he went against Chris, Chris, Chris Christie, he said some things that were true. That's fine. That's not defaming anybody. But, I mean, when you're sitting there and you're talking and, and some of it is obviously not true, no, you don't win. You don't score points there. Sorry. Okay, so uh, let's get to Nikki Haley. She came in second in the debate, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I found her kind of annoying. I She did not win points with me. As a matter of fact, she seemed kind of like the establishment Republican type, and I didn't like that. Um, she had her best swipes against Ramaswamy, and she kept him in check. She pointed out that he would flip-flop. She pointed out that he really doesn't know anything about foreign policy, and that was strong. Um, she is moderate on controversial topics like abortion and Ukraine. She's realistic about those topics. For example, she knows that abortion is wrong and she would love to get rid of it altogether, but she knows that that's not going to be possible. That even middle of the road and right-leaning people are not totally against abortion. And she knows that. So creating a federal law, which by the way is not legal, but creating a federal law banning abortion is not going to be a popular topic. And she's good with that. She wants to chip away at it. And I agree with her there. Uh, Ukraine, she's moderate on Ukraine. I don't agree with her on some of the things. I don't agree that there should be any, un we should continually, unconditionally give Ukraine money. I don't agree with that. But she said you can't just stop giving them money. You can't stop giving them uh, arms. I'd like to see an off-ramp. I didn't agree with her completely on that whole thing. She does know foreign policy. She was the ambassador for the UN. She does know foreign policy. She is a watch. She is a, a, a bulldog. So she has that going about it. The only thing I really... The, a couple things I didn't like about her. First off, she screeches a lot. So she got into, she was picking a fight with Ramaswamy. Deservedly, she deserved, she should have done that. Ramaswamy was wrong. 
And she continually talked over him. And so she made some very good points, but the good points were lost because they were both talking at the same time. And she did this several times. And it was kind of annoying. I didn't like it. And she also did this. She brought up the I am woman, hear me roar crap that we really just don't need. Mike Pence, who we'll talk about in a second, did that too with the evangelical vote. But she she brought this, I'm a woman, I'm the only woman on the stage crap. You know, I, I tell you something, that's not going to sell me. I We've got enough of that, I am woman, hear me roar bullshit that every day. I don't need to hear that from a Republican candidate. We already know you're a woman. We're not looking at you that you can't be president because you're a woman. Just move on from that, that crap. I, but outside of those couple of things, I think she did really. I think she did really well. I think she did really well. Mike Pence. So this guy, I don't even know why he's. Well, it's not true. I know why he's. He's running because his political career is basically over, and his legacy as vice president is in question because Trump really had a bad last year, and he needs to protect it. But he seems to be a, a man on an island on its own. Uh, if he sits there and says, oh, I hate Trump, blah, 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 which he kind of insinuated a couple of times, the first question is, well, I mean, you worked for him for four years. If he says he loves Trump, he leaves himself open for attacks about Trump's last years. He opens himself up for Trump's uh, for Trump's lack of of not personality, but moral morality. I anything that Trump does, he he's caught between a rock and a hard place. So he was up there. He spent a lot of time defending his work in the Trump administration. I, I think he did the best he could in this situation. He couldn't win. It, it's anything bad that happened with Trump was dumped on him if he said he supported Trump hundred percent. Um, and then, well, you worked for Trump if he does not believe in Trump. I mean, he just couldn't win. Um, the one thing, a couple of things I didn't like about him, I think he actually did lose this big time. I think he's just going into obscurity. And if I were him, I would actually, you know, basically quit now. I really don't think this is a, this is a thing for him anymore. He should probably just drop out of the race. He's done. Um, first off, he looks out of water when it comes to acting tough. So you could tell he was actually going out there and trying to act tough and push himself into, you know, be a, be a kind of Donald Trump-like. It didn't work. He just looked like a robot. And he looked like he was pre-programmed to do this. It wasn't a good look. It didn't. It didn't strike as authentic. It wasn't a thing. The other thing he did, um, he really overdid the religion thing. Now I know he's attack. He's going for. He's kowtowing to the evangelical vote. I I, I get it. Um, this is his big. This is his big platform. It really is the only group he's going to have any pull on, and I don't think he's going to have that much of a pull on the group. 
when they were talking about abortion, he would talk about the religious reasons not to have an abortion. I've got a problem from a debating aspect on that. I, now, I'm a Catholic. I'm very Catholic. I read the Bible. I believe in it. But here's the problem. That's not what you take to a debate. You'll never hear me debate abortion using God or religion or the Bible. That's not a thing. Same with the, the, the critical gender theory. You'll never hear me use religion even though it is in the Bible. The only time I will use religion is when someone says Jesus Christ was a trans. Then I'll sit there and say, yeah, you need to read Leviticus because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. That's the only time when they bring it up, I'll bring it up. But outside of that, there's enough reason, there's enough logical reasons to be against abortion that you don't need religion. Well, they talked about abortion and he brought up God and the Bible and the whole thing. Yeah, that's not going to sell to anyone but the evangelical vote. So he's going nowhere. He didn't do well. He talked a lot, but nothing. There is no traction. Now, the other candidates, Chris Christie, Asa Hutchinson, Doug Barnum, whatever, whoever, Tim Scott, who cares? I mean, they're out. They should all drop out now. They have no business in this election. As a matter of fact, there really should be a rule by the RNC that just says, hey, guys, if you can't pull more than 2% of your, you're out. And we're dropping you. I, I know they can't do that, but it, there's no reason those guys should be in the race. They have no business in the race. Now, I'll go a step further. Um, Mike Pence has no business in the race. He has no chance. Get him out of there. So I'd like to see a bunch of people actually drop out of the race before the um primary start okay as far as donald trump now of course donald trump wasn't there and a lot of people especially trump supporters viewed that as a big victory for donald trump i don't think it was a victory for donald trump it makes him look scared and i understand why he's not running it's that he's not in the primary in the uh, uh debate it makes absolute sense it's actually a smart move it actually is the smart move but the problem is, he looks chicken shit. I mean, he does have things to answer for. I Now, I don't think he's scared of Chris Christie, which is what Chris Christie was saying. And I wouldn't call Trump a coward. But I, it, it looks like he just didn't want to answer for his failures in the White House. And he has a bunch of failures in the White House. The Wall, COVID, Anthony Fauci... The 2020, uh, the 2020 BLM riots. I mean, there were a lot of failures in his in his administration that I think he does have to answer for, and it seemed like he was running away. He didn't want to answer for him. So yeah, I do have a problem with Donald Trump. I do think he should have to answer some questions. Well, instead, he decided to do uh, an interview with Tucker Carlson on Twitter or X, and. Um, I didn't think this was a good look either. If you're going to do an interview with Tucker Carlson, you do it the day after, the day before. You don't do it uh, at the exact same time as the uh, debates that you decided not to promote. So that didn't look good. The interview was crap. It was Tucker Carlson giving him a bunch of softball questions 
didn't push back on anything. Tucker is a huge Donald Trump fan. I thought that was a bad look. And by the way, I'll call the same shit with the liberals, with the leftists. CNN has Joe Biden on there. He gives them nothing but softball questions. Hey, I'll call that one out too. But this was a garbage interview. I saw all 45 minutes of it. I did not see it during the debate. I went out of my way to watch the debate. And then the next day, watched a Tucker Trump interview. So that was all. That was a bad look. It looked. It looked like he wasn't going to interview with anyone who wasn't, you know, kissing his ring. So none of this was was a good look. Um, what was also not a good look is the Trump allies were trying to get into the green room or trying to get into the debate during the debates. So you had Donald Trump Jr. sitting back screaming that he wasn't allowed into Fox News's spin room because Donald Trump, obviously he's a Donald Trump supporter and Donald Trump wasn't there and they said, well, you can't just walk in and start talking about and debating for Donald Trump outside of the debate. If Donald Trump wants his views out there, Donald Trump can debate. I thought that was a bad look. So all the people that say Donald Trump won that debate because he wasn't there, no, he he lost he lost that debate. As far as I'm concerned, he did not help his popularity at all. He didn't help it with me. He's just proving to me he really doesn't belong as president. And he had a lot of good things he could have said during the debate. Yes, he's going to have a lot to answer for, but he had a lot to, to, to tout. His economy was the best. The Abraham Accords in the Middle East were fantastic. The controlling of Putin and, and Xi of China, Putin in Russia, Xi of China, and, and uh, Un in North Korea. He did a very good job with those guys. He single-handedly, energy independence, he had a lot he could have talked about and touted. And even... even um, Rick, DeSantis, Rick uh, DeSantis would have had some problems dealing with this stuff. And he probably would have increased his lead. But I do understand that, yeah, but he could have said the wrong thing and his lead would have gone straight down. The guy is up by 40 points. So, okay, that's it. I, I actually did have something else to talk about, and I think it's really important, but it's not time sensitive, so I, I'll, I'll hold off on it till next week. I hope you guys have a great weekend and God bless. Love you all. You've listened to Gene and this is Dumbasses Talking Politics.